Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 30 of the Brozane Detroit Pistons podcast. I'm here with my brother, Alex Rosane. Hello. And I'm Carl Rosane. And together we make the Brothers Rosane, a.k.a. the Brozane, Pistons diehard fans, uh, bringing you our analysis of the first 10 games of the season. So um, I would say, given that Reggie Jackson is injured, I feel like we're kind of treading water and there are some... Overall, we've ended up not really any better so far than last year, but there are some really encouraging signs, namely our defense. Uh, and I guess my overall feelings right now are that if we can tread water and have our defense keep us at 500 until Reggie Jackson comes back, then our offense gets reasonable again, and we can become the team we thought we should be and actually be maybe a 48 a 48-win team, or at least on pace to do that, even if we don't actually achieve that many wins. Uh, right now, we're on pace to be like a 41-win team. But yeah, you know, treading water is good. It means your head is above water, you know? I mean, we're, we're you know, have the eighth best record in the East, so we're still in playoff position after going through, I think, over half the games we're going to have Reggie Jackson miss. Um, and, you know, he's our second best player, probably our best offensive player. Uh, so that's good. We're we're eighth best in the East in record. Um, I think we're sixth best if you look at you know point differential, which is a a better measure of long term success uh, usually. But you know over ten games, I guess we're not going to split hairs. And yeah, it's interesting to look at. Um, you know, we're, we have a similar record to last year. We're 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 coming out just sort of being mediocre. We're like the khaki pants of of NBA teams, just, you know, straight down the middle average. But if you look at some of the breakdowns of how we do on offense and defense, we're, we're actually pretty different. I mean, we're, we're last year, we were like 15th in offense and 13th in defense. So just like average, average, average. So far this year, we have an awesome defense. We're, we're fifth best in defense and 24th best in offense. Um, and, so that's that's really interesting. I feel like that's um, you know part of that is you know our best offensive players out, so we're not as good on offense. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. But why are we so good on defense? Um, the the bad story is uh, Reggie Jackson sucks at defense, and we'll and we'll go back to average when he comes back. But the good story there is our team is was young last year, and it's one year less young this year, and we have continuity at at uh, most of our minutes, you know, we have, we have, you know, Tobias Harris, we acquired late in the year, but um, we have some young players just getting better and, and playing the same system and understanding what's expected of them. And we're just better. And maybe this is close to the new normal. I don't think Ish Smith came in who's filling in for Reggie Jackson and point guard with a reputation as some sort of defensive stopper, like Patrick Beverly or, you know, Eric Bledsoe or something. Um, he's quick and he works hard, but he's undersized and that usually hurts you. So, I don't know. I mean, th- this is lo- looking pretty good along the lines of what you said. Yeah, and we have I have a spreadsheet that I, I updated and I can link to on their notes where it ranks us. Um, com- it kind of gives us a rank compared to all other teams in all these different categories. The, the, big, the big two are offensive rating and defensive rating, which are the number of points we allow, for, we allow and gain per 100 possessions. So we're holding opponents to about just about 100 points per possession, and we're putting it, which is f- f- top five in the league. And we're putting up just under 100 points per 100 possessions, which is second, third to last in the league. 
but and so our our defense has improved since last year. But what's really interesting looking at this right now is that whereas last year we were the second best in the re, the league in offensive rebounding percentage, uh, which really we carried us with. Um, Drummond just being a complete beast in the boards, we're completely average uh, or mediocre even on that front, like 18th in the league. Where, at, but what's really standing out right now is our opponent's field goal percentage is now third best in the league, uh, whereas last year it was completely mediocre. So we've gone from being a complete, like total uh, rebounding powerhouse team, to re- probably just much better overall team defense, just making it hard for them to get off a good shot. Yeah, and. I, you sort of wonder, like what what goes into that that shift over time. The the um, you know we used to be great at defense, but kind of mediocre in um, if opponents' field goal percentage, and there, I'm, we used to be great at defensive rebounding rather. And now we're shifting. So you know, um, I, I don't catch uh, every episode, of all the other podcasts that are out there, but I did I did hear the um, the Locked On Pistons podcast where they where they mentioned this concept of. Um, forcing the other team to take the best the the best shots from a defensive standpoint so forcing the other teams to take a higher percentage of their shots from like two point range but not near the basket and we were actually either the top or among the top in the league last year at that and yet the other teams made a lot of them and um i guess someone asked van gundy about that and he he said well we're not contesting and and then the 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 host um, I think Dan Feldman's his name brought up the idea that uh, maybe there's a trade-off between contesting a shot and being in good uh, rebounding position. Uh, and I remember there being some um, real criticism of Kevin Love last year and the year before, where a, a guy would be driving down the lane and rather than like contesting the shot, Kevin Love would start boxing out his man before the guy has even shot and he'd be like standing there boxing out another guy while the guy shot a layup at the rim. Um, you know, so maybe there, maybe there's a shift in some of that happening where we're actually just like positioning ourselves better. That sort of also just, I feel like one thing we're banking on this year is having an overall more complete team on the bench to, and then sort of solidify things on, on offense and Reggie being gone has put a kink in that, but we certainly seem like our bench unit is looking a lot better. I have felt like John Luer has been a, a noticeable upgrade uh, over um, Tolliver. I love him so much I couldn't remember his name for a second. But, yeah, uh, Tolliver is a great guy. He gave a ton of effort, but um, John Luer just better sized. Um, seems like he's able to really use a lot more possessions on offense as well. Yeah, I think I think the bench is is a good story. And Luer, you know, what we said coming into the from the off season was that one thing he really had going over Anthony Tolliver, who he replaces, is that he is able or willing or whatever to use more possessions, um, and that really helps because if you don't have your your point guard, you know, having to you, you keep passing it back to him and he has to jack up a shot. Earlier, I think a few games ago, he was using more, but he's using 16% of the uh, – uh, his usage rate is 16%, and 20% means you're using a fifth of the possessions, meaning you're kind of pulling your weight. You know, that's that's not very high. That's that's like a low role player one. But I think Anthony Tolliver was like closer to 10%. He would basically only shoot it when wide open, and the shot clock was running down. So we've got that going for us. Uh, it, and uh, you know Ben Oudry, uh, much to your chagrin, sometimes is uh, 
<laughs> certainly not shy about jacking up a shot. He he's using twenty two percent. So it, our, we just have quality players. And one thing I'm really impressed with is just the, our our depth in the front court. I mean, Aaron Baines is playing well, and we have Boban Marjanovic who brings a, a certain uh, element where he's like really specialized in being great at post up, and he's just gigantic. You know, and another thing about the bench that's struck me, I, I'm not a, I don't like Benno very much just because, like you, you mentioned, he he just seems to be looking for his own shot, and he's not particularly efficient. Like he's able to get off a shot and score just enough that you feel like, oh, he's he you know like he's not an embarrassment or anything. But um, you know, I wish I just wish he got more people, more players involved more often, just a little bit more often. And one person who suffered. I, maybe I can't say it's because of that, but Stanley Johnson has been like invisible this year so far. It's almost yeah. like he's just as he's just as inefficient as he was last year, but he but he lacks the confidence he has. So last year, at least it seemed like he played fearlessly and hard, and would take good shots, and maybe they wouldn't go in as often. But now it just seems like he doesn't have a rhythm. He does seem like he's out there trying hard defensively, but um, I guess the one spin I could put on it is that. Maybe he's just trying to do things the right way and kind of rebuild, um, almost like Kawhi Leonard style from like early in his career when like he just had like you know his stats didn't look very impressive at all, but he's a great overall team player. And it, you know three years in, four years in, he gets kind of ramped up and up and up. And uh, I don't know, but he just has not looked uh, very impressive at all. Yeah, he he hasn't, and uh, you know we're starting to hear a little bit more of the irritating like why didn't they take Justice Winslow? You know maybe that's maybe that's a good point. You know, maybe we should have, I think, you know, I would say probably six or seven out of 10 draft analysts at least would have taken Winslow over Johnson, but they were both really highly rated. Um, It's just, they're both, you know, similarly built and are both kind of small forward, power forward hybrids. And so they're always going to be compared. They actually, they have like oddly similar hairstyles. It's just like these, the the parallels are strange, but um, uh, yeah, I, I want to see more out of Stanley, and and hopefully it's just a confidence thing, and and again, and exactly like you said, just um, maybe he's just taking a step back so he can take two steps forward, you know, with the kind of playing the right way mentality. He's twenty years old. Um, we, we won't know if he's a bust for three years, uh, honestly. Like, um, and you know, putting up numbers and being aggressive while on a bad team can ruin rookies. Michael Carter Williams was a rookie of the year candidate in Philadelphia. And he, now he's been traded a couple times. Now he's a backup for the bulls and his career looks, you know, is not on a, not on a good track, partly because he developed a bunch of bad habits using a lot of possessions in Philadelphia on a bad team. So that's my, that's my feel good story for why like things are okay with Stanley. We'll yeah, see. Well, actually justice Winslow has like a offensive rating in the eighties right now. And Stanley Johnson is in the nineties. Neither, neither are great. Justice Winslow has a higher usage rate, so maybe it's one of those things where like uh, Stanley Johnson is just more quiet. Uh, it would be great if he was quiet and efficient. Like I, I just hope. You know, yeah. Last year he was actually pretty terribly inefficient. So maybe that's maybe he's kind of just like um, doing an honest audit of his actual skills and just trying to rebuild with uh, from a defense first perspective. But like he's shooting under thirty percent from threes, which is not a good sign because he doesn't seem to take really hard ones. Um, but oh, by the way, just jumping around here. I mean, KCP's shooting, uh, you know, thirty-seven percent from three, and 
looking pretty good efficient wise efficiency wise he has a couple of he had a couple of stinkers but you know he's he opened up the season really with a really bad cold streak and then kind of came back to now to the point where he actually has uh a decent offensive rating for our team and uh is shooting is shooting well from threes and you know actually living up to the KC3 moniker yeah that's really good to see um from a the, the standpoint of our success this year it's um you know there's some downside to it which is he's up for a new contract and the 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 more he can be the prototypical 3 and D player really good defender can hit an open 3 um the more likely it is some other team busts out a uh, a huge contract offer for him but he's he's staying consistent um with past years where he just never turns the ball over um and so he's really careful with it does plays within himself so he has a little bit of a low usage rate but he's play, he's shooting efficiently i mean you know he's scoring under 13 points per game so it's not like um you know he's going to be an all-star anytime soon but but yeah re- really fitting in nicely actually this brings me to i was looking at um how do we how are we replacing the possessions that that reggie jackson used um on our team last year and you know, it's interesting. I, I was just looking at the mix of, you know, who who used all of our possessions on offense last year compared to this year, and, you know, how does that uh, match up? It turns out that Reggie Jackson and Steve Blake, who haven't played it all this year, their possessions are being more or less exactly replaced by um, uh, Benno Udry and Ish Smith this year. Um and I think, you know, the, Brandon Jennings used a little bit last year, too, so it's, it's all mixed up. But we're basically, um, we're, we're coming out as uh, about even on, uh, on, on point guard. You know, we, we gained a, a couple players, Ish Smith, John Luer, uh, and John Luer are, um, you know, using some more possessions. Basically, um, almost almost uh, making up for the fact that we lost Ilyasova, Tolliver, and and, and uh, guys like that. So those are kind of a wash, too. Um, one interesting thing is KCP, uh, Stanley Johnson, and Andre Drummond are all, all using less possessions, having lower usage rate than they did last year, which is kind of interesting. Um, and Tobias Harris, Marcus Morris, and Aaron Baines are all using more. Um, so that kind of matches... I'm not surprised that Tobias and Marcus are using more. We were hoping that that Reggie Jackson being out would be a um, an opportunity for Tobias Harris in particular to step up and be a good scorer because if he can come in and be our second best guy on offense, um, it'd be it's nice to have another option because we really just ran the Reggie Jackson Andre Drummond pick and roll into the ground last year. Um, and, you know, we, they had the most uh, of those types of plays with any two of, you know, uh, with any pair in the league last year. And I think, you know, there's kind of diminishing returns after a point. So it's really nice to see both Marcus and Tobias stepping up and, you know, soaking up a few more possessions. And, and they're being reasonably efficient. They've been up and down. You know, they're both kind of near league average, not doing great, but not doing poorly. Um, they've had some hot games and some cold games, but, uh, I, I think, I think it'll serve us well to have them have that mentality for, for a, a good stretch of games this year where they'll be able to pick their spots later in the season when Reggie's back to, to step in and, 
and take care of business. You know, I, I, I thought I would see that Andre was using more possessions somehow um, because doesn't it seem like we're throwing the ball into the post to him a lot more? It does. Maybe some of those offensive rebounding drills he had last year you know, came into a to spike his usage or something. I was also just looking at his offensive rating, which, so here's one thing that's actually encouraging. It's only 10 games into the season, but he's shooting 53% from free throw, um, which is a huge boost, sadly, over um, 35% from last year. And it's the best of his career. And just watching the games, he looks like he has a much less ugly shot in that he does not like hit the lower left side of the backboard every four shots or something like that. Um, and we had we I, we made a big stink last year because I reproduced the offensive rating formula on a spreadsheet, and we posted um, actually got a little buzz, got a little bit of buzz on the uh, Detroit Pistons subreddit where we showed that if you if he if he even became a fifty percent free throw shooter, his offensive rating would go to like one ten or, or approach one twenty. So he has done that now, and his offensive rating is basically the same as last year so far, and his usage rate is is maybe a little bit less. And the only, just looking across the, the sheet, the only thing that I can see that can account for that is, one, he has fewer free throw attempts now because maybe people aren't going to the hack of Drummond yet. And secondly, he has a full additional turnover per game now, uh, almost yeah. four turnovers instead of three turnovers. Maybe that's it right there. Yeah, you're looking at the, the per 100 possessions uh, line there. But, yeah, turning the ball way, over way more. And, and I think that partly comes from just – you know the the next step in our um, in our long term project to turn him into a featured offensive guy. We're throwing the ball into the post. He's starting to look a little better, hitting some of the shots. You know, I would say just subjectively, he makes a, a good, quick decision about two thirds of the time, and then one third of the time he does something that looks kind of awkward. But he's learning. But part of that, when you get the ball in the post, is then if you get double teamed, you have to figure out what to do with it. And and read the floor and make a pass. And if you're not used to that, you're not used to seeing those angles. Um, you know, he had super low turnover rates before because he just basically never had the ball where he had to figure out something to do with it. He was like catching an alley oop and dunking it or tipping in an offensive rebound. So it kind of comes with the territory, and it's just something he needs to work on. Um, also, he's getting fewer offensive rebounds. Um, and, and I don't know if that's just like um, he's not – since he's a featured part of the offense a little more, he's just not in position where he just hangs out under the rim and gets into a scrum uh, at the first opportunity to, to position himself for the offensive rebound. Or if it's just – I've just noticed that guy, when guys – as guys get older, they just get fewer offensive rebounds. Maybe that's just because they have more other responsibilities. Who knows? Well, I, I also wonder if him – having more turnovers and getting fewer offensive rebounds could be related to Reggie Jackson being out. And maybe when he comes back, he'll make a little bit of a leap forward because he'll be able to start getting some more easy baskets and uh, put easy putbacks when sort of the uh, missed shot assist where Reggie Jackson draws a defender, a double team and throws up a a missed shot. And then drum is right there to clean it up. That could happen a lot more often. Yeah, I, in, in in addition to his post-game, he's developing, I've seen a few possessions, I don't know how many he's had this year, but you know, it seems like a half dozen or more, where he faces the basket and actually puts the ball on the floor and shoots a layup, and he looks surprisingly good doing that. It's, it's, it's weird. Like, he doesn't look good dribbling it, like he, 
can handle the ball well, but he's very, very graceful and, you know, get, gets the, gets to the basket, I think surprises some guys, but he's. Yeah. There's anything that concerns me about Drummond is that it does seem like he can get discouraged and doesn't go. It doesn't really have the, the amount of effort that you'd like to see some, some games. Like I remember it just, sometimes it seems like if things don't go his way offensively, he can sulk and not run back. Like he was calling for the ball, didn't get it. And then like, or, or maybe he like missed a shot and was arguing with the ref, and then like they ran back and got an easy make. I, I just remember having the feeling that there were some times when like it, I felt like, uh oh, is he going to start kind of sulking because he's expecting to be a, a go to guy? There, there also was a game where Van Gundy, uh, again, in one of our losses, I think, where Van Gundy basically benched him for the whole fourth quarter, and he asked him why. He said, "Hey, look, I'm not afraid to bench anybody," and he basically because he, he just he wasn't bringing it tonight. So at least Van Gundy is not afraid to call him on it if he if he's playing that way. Yeah, I think keeping an eye on that that effort is so that again might be one of the one of those um, maturation process. You know, becoming a featured scorer. Well, that's energy you haven't had to expend before, and it, you, if you're just you're not used to how tired you are, um, that because before he could try on defense, try on rebounds, and then just kind of like if he wasn't involved in the play float around but now if he has to fight for post position um maybe you know run more pick and rolls um over and over again um or be a be more of a threat yeah i don't know it, it could be all kinds of things but but i think we've seen over and over again that success as a big man is part you know a lot about talent but also a lot about just relentlessly working hard all the time just physical effort trying to move 200 to 300 pound human beings out of your way. And apparently that's really difficult to do because a lot of talented big men don't reach their peak because they're not just intensely trying on every single play, like, uh, like, like they're in a hockey shift or something. Um, so it, that'll be really interesting to keep our, keep our eye on. You know, just one more thing on Drummond's role. He's shooting um, a little more from the like three to 10 foot area than he ever has before. He that was way up last year, and it's up again this year. And so I think of that as the like he catches the ball six or seven feet away from the basket because he got he was trying to fight for post position. He got pushed that far away, and then he has to immediately shoot a hook shot because he's been in the lane for two point eight seconds and needs to get a shot up so he doesn't get called for three seconds. That just seems like kind of a mess that he'll get better at over time, like timing his darts in and out of the lane and not getting like there's no way he should get pushed off of the block he's gigantic and strong you know um so i think it's just uh, again all a work in progress if this investment in andre drummond as a featured offensive player pays off in a couple of years um you know our team is built to kind of peak around then with you know stanley johnson and our rookie henry ellinson and uh you know, some of our young guards. I mean, Reggie Jackson will just be at the end of his peak then. You know, so that's the good story about kind of investing in him as a featured offensive player. The bad part of that is just, like, if we need to win one game now, we should just, like, basically never throw it to him in the post. It's, it's It has no short-term value. It's all about investing in the long term as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but it's an investment that I feel like is worth making, especially because... It feel it's one of those things where like you feel like he's making progress, and then you look at the stat sheet and it finds that it doesn't quite bear out in efficiency. Um, another guy who, who's like that, I was actually just surprised 
I, I haven't looked at the efficiency numbers on uh, Basketball Reference yet. Uh, I, I've been excited about Tobias Harris. Uh, it just seems like he's very efficient, uh, high, like really high, one of the just very high field goal percentage. Then I went to look, and his offensive rating is 104, down from 120 from last year. And it's uh, he has three and a half turnovers per game, uh, or per hundred possessions, instead of 1.7. Uh, and that seems to be the big difference because he's shooting very efficiently. Uh, his, yeah. uh, and so it's like, oh, man. So I wonder there, again, if it comes down to, like, being out there with Ish Smith instead of uh, Reggie Jackson. Uh, maybe, maybe that'll come back and he, he won't be asked to handle the ball quite as much. Uh, but the eye to the eye test, I just feel like, man, what a, what a steal that was last year. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That It's just like it's a, it's a good shine, sign that he's shooting well because that's what – that's what his kind of long-term role is. And I just, yeah, I hope it's, I hope it's just that he's being asked to step out of his comfort zone and be a little bit more of a creative force with Reggie Jackson out. But, you know, I, I want him to grow in that way, but maybe that means some growing pains. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm forgetting is, is 35 and a half percent threes. Like that's decent. Is that? Yeah, that's good. I, I, th- I think that that's basically the minimum percentage uh, of somebody who, you want to be shooting threes. So it's, it's not great. You know, you got to be a 40% is like a, a really good three point shooter. 35 is like fine. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, if you, a team built like the Pistons where it's, it's about, it's all about penetration, pick and roll, and then kicking out to shooters. If we have a couple of 35% shooters on the perimeter, that's okay. We, we got to have at least one guy near 40%, I would say in order for us to really, have our machine running. Hey, Andre Drummond is 100%. Did you see him make that three the other night? Oh, no, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was um, – the clock was running out, and he just was he just had to throw a jack up like a – almost like a Steph Curry style, this fadeaway. And, and it just like – rainbow, nothing but that. <laughs> I think if, – if I remember correctly, that he might have done that on the first three he made – he took in his career too – he he took some quick three, or maybe it was in summer league. I just remember that happening once before. But but we're you know it looks like um, as we record this, the Pistons are in the process of of uh, kicking the Oklahoma City Thunder's butts uh, at home uh, after kind of a disappointing road streak where we you know we lost to the we got our butts kicked by the Clippers who are awesome. So I don't know you know you don't, you you want to at least be competitive and we were not. But we lost to the to the Suns, who are bad. Um, we lost to the Spurs, and we were at least competitive. The, the, the Brooklyn loss was embarrassing, even though they basically just blew us out in the first half, and then we then we kicked their butts and like almost came back from like twenty down. So that felt like somewhat vindicating because it basically was like we woke up and like yeah, we're definitely better than these guys, but we still lost to them on this disgrace. Well, we're we're playing four of our next six at home after after tonight, and one of those road games is against the Knicks, who are bad. So you know we we could get some momentum going here. Um, you know we have a home game against the Clippers at the end of that run. Well, I had totally marked down tonight's game as a. Uh, I was and I was hoping for a win, but I was like, you know, we we'll probably lose this game. And then we're gonna. I, I imagine it's kind of floating around five hundred. But yeah, it'd be nice if we could actually be a little maybe a. A couple of games above 500 by the time Reggie gets back. And speaking of which, I haven't heard anything about that. Do you know? Have you heard any news about when he's coming back? Um, just through uh, reading on on fantasy basketball, there was a report that he's he's practicing now and doing basketball activities and he's moving well. But it might still be three weeks or something till he comes back. So 
I think that means that the kind of early December time frame that was, you know, in the range of what what people said when he first got hurt is is still in play. So, you know, sometime shortly after Thanksgiving, I think we can look for him to get back. So we, we, we got maybe about 10 more games of, you know, quote, growth and uh, learning of uh, Andre and Tobias and Marcus being featured offensive players. Yeah, and what's tough right now for me is that watching the Pistons feels like it's – it feels just like it felt last year. We're like uh, – but but it's not it's not exciting anymore because it's not exciting to be, you know, middle of the pack. Um Especially if if the kind of middle of pack you are is good on defense and bad on offense, it's like yawn, you know. Yeah, and so I, I'm sick of being like fighting it out for the eighth seed in the East. I mean, uh, so I'm just really I'm really anxious for Reggie to come back and maybe get to a point where we're kind of exciting on offense and keep our defense solid. Because you know, if we go from being average on both to being average on offense and having a top five defense, that really could get us into uh, the upper echelon of the East. And speaking of which. Our competition. I mean, Boston has had injuries too, but they don't look so hot. Uh, Washington's kind of a disaster. Um, Charlotte's kind of surprisingly really good. So yeah. that may, maybe they become our new uh, chief, like middling rival. I mean, besides like the um, Raptors and the Cavs. I mean, we we should hope we're as good as Charlotte. They're they're really. I mean, they're six and three, and they're they're playing really well. Um, they have a defense as good as ours, and they're in a above average offense. So yeah, that's a, that's probably about what we can hope for is uh, keep keep our defense the same and get as good. So we could be about as good as Charlotte is is now if uh, things go well. And what I like about this season is we we have realistic aspirations to get to the second round of the playoffs, and we're still building. We're still making these investments in Andre being an offensive player. And then Andre's like he still is not a great rim protector and defensive player. He's still he's doing a little better uh, around there. The announcers you know say he's doing well on that and stuff. But I still see plays where he's uh, again he's just standing around near the rim, looking like he wishes he could be doing something about the fact that somebody's shooting a layup. Um, you know that that just gets better and better as big men age. Um, so. I, I, I like that we're. This is not the top floor for this particular iteration of the Pistons, and we're we have some hope for doing better than last year in the playoffs. So I, I I'm going to keep watching. All right, and uh, on a sort of geeky note, I will mention that if you're a fan trying to watch the Pistons without completely bending over and getting the full hundred dollar a month cable package, Alex and I have competing methods. Uh, I use. PlayStation View is a legitimate way to watch the Pistons for like thirty-five bucks a month, and so and it works great. I'll just figure out to mention that for fellow Pistons fans. And Alex, how's the uh, league pass working out for you? It's working out great. Um, you know, there's a they black out the local games, um, but when I'm uh, say <clears throat> traveling on the road, <laughs> I can use a VPN and uh, at the hotel and uh, and catch all the Pistons games. That way, great. Yeah. So if you're if you're holding out from watching, uh, those are a couple of options I would recommend. So anyway, on that awesome note, we will wrap it up and check back in perhaps uh, once Reggie Jackson's been back for a couple of games or maybe even sooner. Say, say, <clears throat> khaki pants, 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 pants.